Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the options risk disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however, they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update for February 8th, 2016. If you're watching this on YouTube or some other venue, come on over to our website at LockingYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E, InYourSuccess.com. And join our mailing list, get your free report, The 7 Secrets to Becoming a Successful Trader, and sign up for our community as well as this free weekly webinar. Also, while you're there, check out our trading programs. We have the super simple spread trades, the M3, the bearish butterfly. We have the rock in M21 and 8 p.m. squared. And also, uh, we have the master class series, which is, uh, which is awesome as well. In this update, we're going to be covering four of the trades from our various systems. And these are generally tailored towards different market environments. We have the bearish butterfly, we have, uh, which is very good for this type of market. We have the M3 trade, which is a neutral trade, rock trade, which is a neutral trade, and a V condor, which is a slightly bullish uh, bias trade. So those are the things we've been covering. You can look at our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com, and we have results for years on these. As far as announcements, we have, the first of all, we, we've had, the, 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 uh, our meeting room has been overloaded for the last three weeks. We've been, unfortunately, people haven't been able to get into the room. So what we've done is we've actually increased the room size quite a bit. So hopefully from here forward, at least for a while, until we outgrow our new room size, um, we shouldn't have any more problems with that. So hopefully everybody can get in now, and that shouldn't be a challenge anymore for anybody. So that's up there. I have a quick comment here to new people. You should not underweight the seven secrets report. Yeah, that that, um, that report's uh, very informative as far as, and it's not just about our systems or anything like that. It's just about trading in general, no matter what type of trading you do. So thank you for that comment, Ray. Uh, okay, so Trading Triangle, live in Hawaii. We are still open for that. We have rooms, uh, discounts, I think, that are available until the, uh, the end of February or until they run out. So make sure you do that. If you've already signed up for the program, make sure you reserve your room so you can get the good room rates and stuff like that. And not only are we doing four days or four 
a little more than half days of training in the trading psychology, uh, in trades themselves and trade management, but we're also uh, doing uh, business management, but we're also having uh, things in the afternoon that are going to be going on that, uh, that are optional, and you come with us. It's, uh, we're, we're here to have a good time. Um, you know, we're going to Hawaii. Our objective here is to have to, is to is to learn a lot. Yes, of course, but uh, also have a lot of fun. So, this is uh, you know it's going to be great. If you're interested at all in going, please you know sign up as soon as you can so we can get a, a good count and make sure we have the appropriate room meeting room size and stuff for everybody. So. That's the Trading Triangle Live. Uh, there's uh, Sherry will actually post a link on this video um, to to do that. But you can also sign up here. Let me just uh, come here, Trading Triangle Live. If you come here, uh, let's see, it's under Coaching Programs, Trading Triangle Live Event. So go to the main website at LockingYourSuccess.com. Come under Programs, Trading Triangle Live, and you can get access to that there. Also, we have, let me come back to here, uh, our, uh, this Wednesday night at, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have our additional uh, Premium Plus session or enrichment session of the Trading Lab at 9 p.m. This is going to be, uh, again, is, is designed to have some fun experimenting and telling, saying that, uh, seeing the pluses and minuses of certain strategies. How do we design a strategy for you know, what we want to do and our personality? How are, do, are we going to deal with certain market conditions? What changes can we make? Stuff like that. So that will be very educational as well. And that can be uh, accessed here also from our main site if you go into coaching. You can go into enriching sessions. This is free for current Premium Plus members. It's available to Premium regular and regular members as well um, at an additional cost. So feel free to do that. You can uh, just click the appropriate button here for you and, uh, and go ahead and sign up for that. And what else do we have for announcements here? Let's see which is here. Uh, oh, yeah, successful options trader of the month is going to be Ryan of Black Care Peer Capital. He is a, um, I guess you'd call it a, a fund manager, and he is trading uh, his version of the bearish butterfly where he's taken it and he modified it uh, slightly to suit his needs, and he's been having great success with that. He's going to talk with us on Thursday, 2.18 at 9 a.m. Eastern. So also, uh, you can sign up for that as well on, um, I believe you can do it on the main website, but you can certainly do it within the community. Uh, if we go to here, if you're, again, this is for premium and premium plus members. So if we come to our website here, and you go within the community, Obviously, you have the scrolling bar here. You can sign up for anything um, along that. You can just kick the, the scroll bar. But um, I believe this is under presentations. And you can sign up right here, successful options trader of the month within the community. So hopefully that is helpful to everybody, and it will help you get along more. I don't think we actually have any other uh, presentations here. And yeah, that's that's what we have for announcements. Unless Sherry, unless you have something else, I think we are all set with that, and we will get going 
Actually, just one quick thing. I just yeah. wanted to make note that the options trading for income webinar on Monday the 22nd will not be held that day. Just a early heads up, it's going to be held on Friday, February 19th instead at 9 a.m. It's in the calendar um, currently like that, but so we will not be having a webinar on the 22nd. It will be held on the 19th. Okay, right. So uh, thank you for mentioning that. And also next week, Monday is not a trading day, but we're going to have the webinar the same time, Monday morning as usual. Um, and then we're going to have another one on Friday, uh, options trading for income, because the following Monday we are actually heading south. We're heading out of the bitter cold here of New Hampshire in the snow, and we're going to get warm for a week or so. So uh, I will not be here to do it. So we're going to just push that to Friday the 19th, and then uh, we'll be back to normal the week after that. So that should be good. All right, let's take a look at what's happening in the markets right now. Last week, uh, I was thinking that the Russell would roll over probably around 1040. But I wasn't overly confident in that because it wouldn't be unusual for short-term traders to push things a little bit deeper into this resistance zone here. Uh, they did not do that, and we got the move down. Essentially, right now, we continue to be in this really wide range of, um, of chop. So uh, we've set a temporary top to the chop here, <laughs> top to the chop at uh, 1040. Our bottom should maintain around the 950 level. A break of that level would be concerning. As of right now, if we look at the uh, SPX, actually, let's look at the Dow for a minute. If we look at the Dow, the Dow didn't, that didn't come down all that hard, and we're getting a fairly uh, good negative in the futures here. What's likely happening is the market, or, or at least the, 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 um, the, the Dow, is likely to try and test the bottom of this candle here, which is at the uh, around 16,000, right? Maybe a little bit lower. So I wouldn't be expect I wouldn't be surprised to, to see that gap do that and try and touch that level. If we look at the NDX, this is a little bit concerning. Um, a break of this level on the S uh, on the NDX, assuming it holds. What I think is more likely to happen this morning is we're going to come down. We're going to touch uh, test that support area. It's a minor support area, but it makes sense that the markets are going to come down and try and test that support area on the Dow that we just. Uh, picked out. That is going to um, push the NASDAQ under this support area. You know, the bottom real support is down in the 3800 level. I don't think necessarily it's going there right now, but there is a concern if we, especially if we close the day, you know, under this candle over here at, um, you know, right around 4000, if we close much under 4000, um, there's a concern that we're going to be pushing down to 3800. It might actually cause a support break in some of the other indices. But as of right now, I'd expect an intraday um, move under this level here, under this it's really about 39.90 level in the, uh, in the NDX, and probably close back over that. And looking at the SPX, we have a similar thing going on here. We're looking at a, um, a gap down around 20 points, right? It puts us around 1860. I'm thinking the bottom of this candle that's right here, 
uh, is probably where that's going to try and test today. And we'll likely bounce off of that area. If we don't, or if the NASDAQ uh, closes under that 39.50 level, we're probably going to try and push into deeper into the support zone. But we do have reasonable reason for this SPX to reverse anywhere in this zone here. This is really a whole kind of support area. It's a wide support area. Doesn't give us much for short term. If I'm looking at short term charts, you go to your 60 day chart and you look for support areas in there. But um, as of right now, our shorter term support is around 1850 on this. I wouldn't be surprised to see the, um, the SPX down there, at least temporarily during the day before we bounce. And DX down. And with the Russell, that type of move would let us probably test the bottom of this candle here at around 950. So right now, the Russell's actually a little bit relatively strong, so hopefully it holds that and we don't um, get that much of an intraday move, but uh, certainly wouldn't be a surprise to see that. From that point, I would expect we continue in this range and the markets go up. So after today, probably today, assuming NASDAQ holds the 39.94,000 level and um, more than likely that we're going to get uh, come back up again. So right now we're just in a wide range of chop. And if you remember too, you know, as far as trading this, you know, I've been stating for quite some time now that you're generally better off being slow with adjusting and definitely avoiding intraday adjustments in this type of a market. And, you know, just as evidenced, those of you who basically sat down and did nothing for the last three weeks are probably doing very, very well right now. These intraday moves are, at, are triggering adjustment levels, but the systems are designed not to react to those adjustment levels unless the market's closing near that level. And even if they are, again, uh, you know, in, our, in our web trades, we're going to be demonstrating you know, making the adjustments when they're supposed to be done. My live trade I'm actually slow to make those adjustments. I, I, I'm going to want to wait in most of my trades. I have a couple of trades, like I said, where we're dealing with other people's money where I have to be fast with those adjustments. And that's beating the crap out of us right now. And if you do the same thing with your money, it's beating the crap out of you. With my money, I'm not doing that, right? We're just being really slow with the adjustments, being patient, we're waiting it out. And you end up doing... Um, doing much, much better. So um, that's the way you kind of need to handle this type of a, of a market. And, you know, all I can say is if, you're, if you've been adjusting these intraday, you're probably pulling your hair out. I know I am on, this, on the trade that I am adjusting intraday. I am pulling my hair out on that particular trade. But like I said, rules are rules. When you're dealing with other people's money, you, deal, you do that. All I can say is welcome to high volatility trading, and you will get used to it. It's going to be around for probably a little while longer. And um, like I said, I, I still think Russell's coming down to the 850 level. I just don't think it's doing so till later in the year. And um, I like trading this type of market in general. It's, uh, it's one of my more favorable ones. If you're a nervous Nelly, as my dad used to say, you're probably having a tough time in the markets. So try and uh, you know, settle down a little bit and, uh, and, and you know, give yourself some room and stay... I, I would tend to recommend staying further away from expiration, exiting opportunistically, not necessarily trying to hit a profit target, but you get to the point where 
your trades up a reasonable amount of money and you're getting close to expiration, exit the trade, move on. Uh, things are going to work out better for you that way in this market. Uh, okay. So let's take a look at what is going on with our positions. So for February, I had a bearish butterfly, which has been taken off uh, long ago at, I think, around a 12% planned capital profit number. So that ended up being a good trade. So we're out of that trade. We are still in our February M3 trade as of Monday. This was at about break even. This is fairly normal when the market's moving around this much. I mean, we're getting a, a range of 80 to 100 points in the market, and it's chopping back and forth. And I, again, particularly intraday, but even end of day, we're getting enough movement to trigger adjustments. So if you're right on top of your adjustments, you're, we have been making them in the, in the trades. So we're getting chopped back and forth a little bit. You get shot back and forth a lot. If you're trading well in an M3 trade and you're being serious about the market now moves, you should be um, doing okay. You're probably not making a ton of money, but you're probably doing okay. You should be holding your own. So this here is where we stand in February um, as of Monday. So for movements... I don't think anything, yeah, we didn't hit any, uh, any guidelines uh, towards the end of the day to make any adjustments here until Friday. And on Friday, realistically, we, we well, right now we're over adjustment guidelines, so we are due for, we're clearly due for an, uh, for an adjustment here. This is a gray area where you could have made a delta correction down to about plus 25 delta by doing something like rolling back these longs like um, you know in, in, in our live trades I may be doing something like this right pulling pull, pulling those back and then maybe pulling these back to um, it's just an easier move for me to do right so I can pull back into that from um, from my existing position here so I can so I can pull back into something like this gives me some a nice down room to the downside um, kicks my tent back a little bit yes the upside is still very reasonable so that's a that's a more advanced move you know there's less contracts to move around stuff like that uh, within the guidelines certainly the beginner um, method here, which is what we're focusing on. We're just going to take this butterfly, we're going to roll it back to 960. And let me show you that. So we took our shorts from 980 down to 960. We added five verticals to flatten our delta down. Um, 970, 980 verticals. Went into a position that looks like this. So if you compare the three positions, that was our original position and that was the sample one I just gave you. So very similar movements from a T plus zero line standpoint. Actually, the, the one I gave you before brings our capital level down. It brings the total risk down in both directions as well. So that's a very effective way to do that. Either, either one of those is in M3 guidelines, and you know it's, it's people's preference. But um, just pointing it out just to uh, bring some 
entertainment here into the uh, into the trade. But anyway, this is where we sat as of the end of the day on Friday. We we're up about seven hundred dollars here. Of course, a big down move today is not going to be overly beneficial for us. But anything under anything under closing the day down under fifteen points probably it may trigger a small adjustment because we're still positive delta, but it shouldn't be too problematic. A really, really harsh down move under 950 is going to be, uh, probably draw us down a little bit, but still not a max loss situation. So there's what the current position looks like. On the rock trade, and I'm going to show you what I mean about, actually let me show you the T-log in this first. So here is what the T-log position looks like thus far on the M3 trade. Let me close this out. And we'll switch over to the rock trade on Monday. So if you remember, and this is, I believe there's an error in this somewhere because it was not, I do not recall it being drawn down $1,000. Um, anyway, we will go with this. If there's any corrections to be made, I'll make it for next week. Here on um, Monday, we are, the only reason we have an adjustment here is that we're over, over 40 points over the short strikes. It's so, it's so uncommon for us to be in a modified rock position that I, I actually don't remember the guidelines completely. And I actually have to go back to the course to, um, to actually make these moves. So this being over 40 points over our short strikes, then uh, this does call for a roll-up in this particular position. So we did do a roll-up. Again, would have been extremely beneficial to wait a couple of days to see uh, what would have happened here because had the market, had you left it alone and the market came down, we'd actually be doing very, very well right now. As a matter of fact, we'd be up four or $5,000 probably. So that would have been good. But like I said, since you know we are just doing the guidelines here, we sell out of this 990, we roll this up to 20 points under the money, and go into this position here. And this is the new uh, position for the modified rock trade. From there, there were no adjustments, let's see, until Friday. So let's go to Friday, and let me close this up. So this is what we looked like uh, Friday without any adjustments. We have an adjustment point at positive 100 delta here. We certainly have exceeded that. And we're sitting in this position. Time for a rollback. I rolled the position back and did an entry test. It allowed me to go into a standard M3 position. So I essentially positioned this the exact same way we positioned the M3 trade. I came in here, I rolled everything back, I sold off these calls, which in reality I wouldn't bother doing because you're not going to get any money for them, you might as well just let them expire. But um, for the purposes of the demonstration, we sold the calls off. We rolled back to 960, we added some 5960-970 verticals, 5960-980 verticals, and you can see that there. And we came in here, we bought a call at 9. 30, 9.30 call, and now we are sitting here somewhat positive delta in a position 
that looks like this. So this is now converted over to an M3 type of position, and we'll see how this trades out. So for T log, there's our entry, there's our roll forward on Monday, there's our roll back on Tuesday. Generally, uh, if I'm in a rock trade, I rolled up, I rolled down, I'll play the M3 out. If I have to roll up again, typically I'm going to close it and go into the uh, next month. So if the market goes up to the point where it becomes problematic for the M3 trade that we have here, which is going to be up in the 1030 area or so, um, if I have to make a major up adjustment, usually I'll just close it. Um, I'll just close it out. So that is, um, that's that. That's the February rock trade. So I always have a question in this market. Is it, better, is it better to be slower with the upside adjustments than the downside? Well, the answer um, generally is, yeah, which way are you trending? Uh, in 2013, we were talking about maybe taking on a little bit more risk to the downside because the market was clearly uptrending. In 2016, the market's clearly downtrending. So, uh, so yeah, a little bit slower with the upside adjustments. Now, one of the things that kind of gives you the luxury of that is you can do is um, you can do things like flattening the gamma without taking on too much downside risk by rolling down your upper long strikes, um, maybe rolling your calls up. You can maybe adding a few extra calls, right? So you can you can um, you just kind of bring your gamma down. I mean. Realistically, if the market, when you get the market condition change and you're being really slow to the upside, right, with the adjustments, if you're being really slow to the upside with the adjustments and you get the market conditions change where it just takes off, you're probably going to take a minor loss that month, right? To the downside, if you're being really slow with the adjustments, particularly in this market, and the market really comes down, you can end up taking more than maximum loss. So you want to make sure you, um, do I want to be slow with the downside adjustments? Yes, I do. And at the same time, I want to make sure that a 30-point move isn't going to put me much past my maximum loss number to the downside. So you want to keep that in mind. You want to look at your graph and say, um, you know, as of, you know, say the market's closing here at um, this point, and I have, I'm just going to put 10 here. And I can come in here, I can take a look at my 30-point move, 10, 20, 30. It puts me down about $2,500. That's not really problematic. But, you know, say the market's closing, you know, here somewhere, and you're at plus 40 delta, right? I'm above my short strikes, I'm at plus 40 delta, I'm technically by guidelines, straight guidelines, I'm not at an adjustment point. But if I take my 30 points down, um, 10, 20, 30. Now here isn't too bad. I'm at, I'm at about maximum loss. So if, should the market come down and stay there, then you would probably close the trade out near maximum loss numbers. Um, so that wouldn't be too bad. But if it gets maybe a little bit later in the cycle, a little bit closer to expiration, or maybe you were just maybe even a little bit deeper into the tent, and you look at that number and you're down $10,000 or something like that. I mean, that's just not acceptable from a risk standpoint. You'll want to do something to cut that back. You can add puts. You can do the butterfly rollback. 
you can um, you know, roll in some of your uh, long strikes here. You can roll in your upper wing. There's a lot of things you can do to give yourself enough downside risk to be able to manage that. Because you don't want to, I mean, if, you, if you're having days where you're, where you're running 20 to 40 points in the Russell, which is what we're commonly running now, 20 to 40 points down, right? You, and you're going to be holding your position intraday. You don't want to be putting yourself in a position where your intraday drawdown is like, you know, three times your max loss or two times your max loss or something. You want your intraday drawdown to be um, reasonable, right? So, so that's just a, another um, aspect to look at the fire drill to look at that. Um, all right. Let's see here. Close, close. Close this. Um, all right, so I want to comment on which days of the week you did adjustments for my real money positions. So last week I did no adjustments for my real money positions um, that are that are con all my money. Um, positions that we have um, that deal with other people's money, we did adjustments on Friday only. So, um, so we did adjustments, but but the real money positions, I don't think we did anything on Monday either. Um, we may have done something on Monday. I don't think so, though. I don't recall it actually doing anything on Monday. Um, the only adjustment day was Friday for real money positions, and that was only positions that have, um, again, that I have other people's money or, or related with the um, with the trades. Anything with my own money, um, completely my own money, actually hasn't had any adjustments in a couple of weeks. Uh, okay. So isn't it harder to get good fills in a sharply falling market? Uh, well, it's hard to get. The answer is it's actually easier generally to get fills in, um, in a volatile, choppy market than it is in a up, slow upgrinding market. That said, trying to adjust down when the market's falling hard, you're going to get um, hit pretty hard trying to do that. The and the people who get hit with that are the people who are sitting there watching their screens, waiting for the delta number to get hit to make the adjustment. You're always going to get you're always, always, always going to get very poor execution doing that. Um, if you just come in randomly at a time of day to make an adjustment, the market might be going up, the market might be flat, it might be going down a little bit, um, and you can make your adjustments. And certainly. You know, if you're making a down adjustment while the market is temporarily intraday is moving up, you can get very, very good execution, very fast execution, good fills. It can be really nice because people want your trade. If you are um, in a position where the market is coming down hard at the time you're trying to make your adjustments, it's going to be, I mean, you're just going to get lousy fills. The mid prices are going to be bad. The um, And even getting them is going to be even difficult. So... Um, you know that you know, what a lot of new people do or inexperienced people do. They'll sit there and watch the market, and when it hits their adjustment point, they're going to try and they try and force the adjustment. And then if the market bounces while they're trying to make their adjustment, they say, "Oh, I don't need it anymore," and they stop trying to fill it. And then they wait, and the market pushes down again. When it pushes down, they try to fill it again, and they wonder why they're having a hard time executing. It's because you're you're um, you're not being smart in the way that you're doing it. There are times when the market's falling and we have to have to do something to control our risk in order to um, control our total risk in the trade, in which case we just know that we're just going to get hammered on the adjustments. We're just going to pay for them and we just, we, 
we know we're going to hit on that. It's it's rare though. You don't. It's not very often. Usually you can wait it out, wait for uh, a bounce in the market, and then adjust it. And then they're very very. Um, you get very good fills that way, but uh, you know I always say that at the the absolute worst or the the best way to guarantee you get a terrible fill and have a hard time executing is trying to adjust in the direction of the market when the market's pushing that way and sitting there waiting for your adjustment point um, in order to fill it. So hopefully that makes sense. Okay, so here is uh, that's the February rock position. That's where we sit. The condor has had no adjustments till Friday, um, where all I did is I bought back, uh, we're over our maximum delta here, I bought back another one of these puts at 980. If you remember, you know, we, we, we talked about this, this is not a good environment for this particular trade, this is a, a, an uptrend bias trade, it likes uptrending markets. So we're actually near the RVX level where we wouldn't even trade it. So um, that, be, that being the case, losses tend to be very small in this type of a trade, and you know you can trade out most environments and do okay for the year still. So here is um, this is what this trade looks like as of right now. Essentially, if we close under 950, I'm sorry, 980, this trade is gone. Um, we get a big market crash today, down 50 points. We actually make money. Uh, I think I said a couple weeks ago this is probably not going to be a winning trade, but um, that's like I said, it's not the environment for that particular trade either. So that's what I did there. The other thing I did too is I closed the call side of this. So if you look at the T log um, on um, Friday, actually I'm sorry, on Tuesday we actually bought back one of those puts as well. So I bought back one of the puts on Tuesday. I closed the call side position only because option view was not showing the, the options anymore. It was going to be a pain in the neck to track and they were pretty much worthless anyway. So I just closed it out for the demonstration and on Friday I had to buy back another one of those puts. So that is that. This is where we stand now. March trades, the movement isn't really going to bother a March trade. If you're far from expiration, Particularly M3 bearish butterfly, these large moves don't even phase you. So even in a V corner, they don't really phase you that much either. So here is where we stand for a March M3. This actually got an adjustment on. Oh, actually, it's got two adjustments. So let me go back. Again, would have been it would have been good to uh, hold off on this Monday adjustment. If I was a little bit slow, that would have been fine. Prior to adjustment. I am outside my tent. I'm exactly minus 50 delta, right? This is, but this is, this is our rules. We say we have, we're 50 delta, minus 50 delta will make, make a, 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 more than minus 50 delta will make an adjustment. So this is a borderline call that normally I'm going to leave alone. I just made a major, minor adjustment by pulling off three of these butterflies here. Right, so I made that minor adjustment, and I always say when I'm back testing, I do this too. When I'm in a situation where I have a gray area, and I'm fairly sure, and I know the market's going down because I'm back trading, and I know what the results are tomorrow, I'm usually going to pick the um, pick the move that is going to take the worst result because I get more accurate back trading that way. And here is the same thing. 
you know, I'm here Monday morning, and my delta numbers are pushing over minus 50 during the day several times. So I said, fine, we'll, we'll pull off those three butterflies. We'll bring it, uh, and that's that position there. If we bring this to Friday, again, this is kind of borderline. I'm at my short strikes. Actually, this is, I didn't necessarily need to do this. I know when I was looking at it, I was over 50, 50. So I went ahead and I did, I did do a rollback. I just rolled this back 20 points into this position here. So if we take a look at previous, it's before adjustment, and that's after adjustment. So I did make the I did make the move there. So um, like I said, we were over that number. That's why that's why it ran back. We were over the number. So anyway, this is where we that's where we stand with the uh, March M3 trade. We have a March bearish butterfly. The second third was added on Monday. Right, we're up here uh, over uh, 10.30, which is our add point. So I went in and added our 10.10 trade. And of course, the market came down. There were no further adjustments on this. This is what I look like as of yesterday. So this is doing quite nicely. Close. There you go. And then on our last trade here is the March V Condor. So let's just take a look at that. There were no adjustments with a March V Condor. And this is up slightly. So again, this chops back and forth, not too big a deal. If it gets some serious, serious moves here, then um, you know, that can be problematic. But so far, this trade looks really good. So hopefully that goes well. All right, so let's see here. I have a moment for a couple of quick questions. Uh, I tried to get filled on the March Bearish Butterfly and couldn't on Monday. My guess is that you just didn't get the price you wanted to get. But uh, you could have got filled. You just need to pay a little bit more for them. Um, okay, so... I don't know what the pricing was on that particular butterfly. I'd have to go back and look at that. Let's see. What, let's see what else we got for questions here. We got uh, on March M3 on Friday, February 5th. When we roll the butterflies down, is it okay to go from plus 50 delta to something like minus 18, or do we want to stay positive delta uh, on the roll down? So that is a, a good question there. So usually, we'll put it this way, when you do a rollback on an M3 trade, it's acceptable to be anywhere in the delta limit. So, you know, if I'm positive, whatever, positive 60 delta, so I need to do a rollback, it's acceptable for me to roll back and go to minus 20 delta. That's within the guidelines. It's even acceptable to go back and go to minus 75 delta. Again, that's acceptable within the guidelines. Generally, I won't do that. Generally, as a preference for me, unless I have a market opinion, but generally as a preference for me, I like to roll back and keep 
the, pos the delta positive. So I'll roll back from maybe a plus 75 delta to a plus 25 delta, or maybe a, uh, maybe a little bit closer to flatter delta. Um, generally, I'm going to roll back to at least plus, I'm going to go to at least plus 25 delta. Um, a lot of times I'll go a little bit flatter than that, like positive 10. It kind of depends a little bit on what my gamma is like to the upside as well. But that's what I like to do. That's my preference. It's acceptable to go negative delta, though, so, so that's perfectly fine. Um, for March M3, RUT was, it's also acceptable to go more negative delta on an entry or to go more positive delta on an entry if you have some sort of an opinion. I mean, as long as you're within range. Generally, I'm not going to do that, but, um, but you can do that. Uh, okay, so for March M3 trade entry, RUT was at 10.15.30. So for March M3 trade entry, RUT was at 10.15.30. I can enter it at 15 to 35 points below RUT. Right, why did I choose 9.90 instead of 1,000 or 9.80? Generally, I, again, within guidelines, if I do an entry for a March M3, which I don't know what the date was, March M3, we have a date of 1223, it looks like. No, that's that's February M3. March M3, we have uh, 122. Right, so I entered at 990, the price is at uh, 1015, right? So that's 25 points under. Generally, I like to stay uh, 20 to 30. It would have been acceptable for, for any of them as long as you can get your gamma under control. So in other words, a lot of times, if I do an M3 trade and I roll up to maybe, say, 15 points under the money, then I can't create a, a, a flat T plus zero line. I get a big sag in here. Essentially, that's telling me that I'm, I'm trying to enter too close to the market. So to deal with that, generally, I'll go further back. Another reason I might want to go further back is if the market's moving around a lot, then um, I might want to have my T plus zero line flat for a certain amount down. In other words, I don't, I mean, delta is one thing to look at, and everybody focuses on delta, but there's so much more to look at. Because look at your, your gamma, the profile of your T plus zero line in general is, is important. So, I mean, if I can enter 15 points under, and I can get a nice flat T plus zero line for 30 or 40 points to the downside, or 20 or 20 or 30 points to the downside, then I'm, I'm game for that. If, um, you know, you look right now, you have an ATR in the market of, of nearly 30 points. So you know, any given day, you got a 30-point move. I don't necessarily want to be too rolled up on the butterflies. I'd rather be a little bit further back to give myself a little bit more dynamic flexibility. And you're going to experience that in a low volatility market, too. You won't be able to get your, your T plus zero line um, flat if you're too close to the market. So so we just go a little bit further back. So that's why I, I did it, mainly because of the speed the market's moving and the T plus zero line flatness. What would be my downside adjustment point on the March bearish butterfly? Okay, I, just, I need to go to that. And then we have one more question and I'll probably uh, get going. Uh, let's see here, March bearish butterfly.
there are, there are multiple criteria, but generally we're looking at um, our downside adjustment point would be somewhere in somewhere in this range here, about um, about 9.55. So a close in the 9.55 area is a downside adjustment point. Now that said, given the profile of the T plus zero line right now, that's really not that big of a deal. You know, whether you'd actually want to do that live or not, I might hold this and wait for the bounce because we're really, really likely to get a bounce at 9.50, and I'm not in a t I'm not in a ton of trouble here. I'll still have another fairly large move before I run into too much trouble. However, technically by guidelines, when we start pulling outside of this range right here, so technically it, your adjustment point's like 9.57 here. Uh, okay. Uh, do I keep orders in for the M3 after 4 p.m. if I don't get them filled? Uh, might a good fill on butterflies? Um, yeah, so one of the things with the market makers is they, and I, I talk about this as they screw with you, especially coming into the close. So if they think you need the trade, they are just going to, you know, they'll, they, they'll, they just won't fill the position or they'll, they'll, uh, they'll fool with the mid prices and raise them up um, and not fill you. And then at 414, 4, 414 and 59 seconds, they'll they'll fill it. So I've had I've had situations where I have a butterfly order for ten dollars, right at um, quarter of four, and I go to ten fifteen, I go to ten twenty, I go to maybe ten seventy, maybe even ten eighty, right? They're just not they're just not taking it. Um, so I say, you know what? I don't need it that bad. I take it and I put the price back down to ten bucks. Then at four fourteen fifty nine, boom, they fill it, right? And it, it may even be like thirty or forty or fifty butterflies, and just fill them instantly, right? They were just, they're just seeing how much you were going to go up, to, how much you were going to pay for it. So you, you got to remember, you know, you think you're, I mean, you're dealing against yes, computers that were programmed by people, though, so um, they know what's going on, and they have certain algorithms they use and so forth, um, and they know. That if you need the position, you're going to pay for it. So, so they will, they will push it, um, and just be aware they're doing that. Right, they're doing that to you. So sometimes it's better off if you, if you know that you you have an adjustment. If you're near an adjustment trigger, you know sometimes it's better off to fill it the following morning. If you're if you're not somebody who works or is sleeping, um, if you if you get too deep into the end of the day. So you know that's that's something we go over when we start talking about execution. And and we again we had somebody who was asking the price on the the March bearish butterfly going in, and I don't remember what the price was. And by the time I find out, you know, you guys will get bored. So the bigger thing though is is looking at the bigger picture and, and noticing what they're doing to you. I mean, you're going to have to pay what you're going to have to pay for the butterflies. Sometimes you go well below mid-prices. Sometimes you need to pay over mid-prices. Depends on which way the market's moving and, and what the market makers think. Like if the market maker, if the market was moving up on, on Monday, for example, but the market makers are very confident it's coming down on Tuesday, then that the price you need to pay for that butterfly um, relative to its value and relative to mid-price is going to be reflective of that. You may end up having to pay uh, over mid-price because they know something, um, uh, right? They have more information than you have. Um, if they're filling stuff really quickly, then there's a good chance, at least for the short term, the market's going to continue higher, and they don't anticipate it coming back down. So things like that just to consider. And you know, one instance is not 
you know, just because you get filled below mid-price one day doesn't mean you're always going to get filled below mid-price. And because you have to pay a dollar over mid-price the next day doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. Um, not even for the same day necessarily. So just keep that in mind. Uh, okay. So, um, yes, I have a commitment. I, I do have to leave shortly. Uh, okay. So that's it. I got thank you, thank you. And hooray for the Bronco. <laughs> Okay, so T-Log for March Bearish Butterfly is here, and we will close up with that. That was a simple entry on the 22nd, and yeah, if you want to determine whatever, I mean, this is whatever, this converted at whatever pricing uh, option view showed at the time. So you can you can figure that out with the with the pricing there on, the, on what was paid for this. All right, well, I'd like to thank everybody, and we will see you next Monday. Have a great week trading. <laughs>